Just look up at the stars and you'll see my soul. You're what the fuck? gentlemen welcome to the film find the greatest movie podcast ever assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before i'm your host adam fortress and we are back again to talk uh, yeah you guessed it transformers uh michael bay is back with yet another transformers movie and uh does this movie now uh it gets a lot of hate but does it deserve the hate that it goes we're gonna delve into that today uh i am here back yet again with matt smith matt welcome back sirs Hey, thanks for having me. I'm I'm kind of surprised you didn't open uh, with some shitty Lincoln Park song. Ugh. <laughs> I will, that would have been very Michael Bay. Look, I get. We're definitely going to be getting into that because um, that's one of the things that I, I got a problem with this movie is like who the who the hell is their music supervisor for this? I I think it's like 13 year old Michael Bay. They need to be fired. It is the the. I mean, we're going to get, we'll get to everything, but (laughs) right off the bat, I was just like, who chose the fucking shitty music for this movie? Every needle drop is just like, is like, is Kid Rock the fucking music supervisor for this piece of crap? I was, I was, I was just mad because it's just like all the things and all the, like, I would have preferred like a shitty, like rockin' Linkin Park kind (laughs) of BS as opposed to just like, I mean, it was basically just like, you know, an America country, ugh. Well, they were in Texas and not Los Angeles this time, so they had to like really show that, right? Yeah, sure. Or New York or wherever (laughs) those other cities were. I know that the one that got destroyed at the end of the last one was Chicago, but none of the characters actually lived there. (laughs) Um, so, so I'm going to come right out and, uh, be in favor of this movie because, uh, what I have to say about your music thing, uh, is pertinent in that regard, which is that if, uh, if I've got to put up with, uh, shitty adolescent music to get a movie that is so clearly made by someone who never escaped adolescence, I'm okay with that one hit. I'm okay with that one hit. Right. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I find in the context of this movie, I'm not really there for the artistic song choices uh, to to move me along. I want know? the whole package. And I will say that uh, none of this music and its use in any of the Transformers films, and this includes Lincoln Park, is egregious as the two times that there were uh, needle drops. In Invictus, 
the Clint Eastwood, um, Nelson Mandela movie, mm-hmm. which were the worst song choices I think I've ever heard in a movie. I've, I, it's, it had to, I mean, I know, I know apartheid is the big portion of it, but it also had to do with soccer. So that really is what kind of threw me off R- of really rugby. watching that movie. So what, what, R- what were rugby. the songs? Whatever. It's all, the same. it's all the same thing. Rugby's oh, just, rugby, rugby's just like, soccer where they hold it. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, like one of the, one of the needle drops that just ruined the whole movie. I can't even remember what the song was or what it sounded like. Devil went down to Georgia. No, but they were, they were like these uplifting, just like fucking shitty spiritual pop songs about, you know, human decency, which in the context of the movie is great, but where they were placed in the film made no fucking sense whatsoever. And, uh, you know, and it's also like, this isn't a movie where you really play these songs in the movie. Like this is like when you two wrote a song for gangs in New York and it played over the credits. That's what you do. In these yeah. types of movies, you know. Well, I mean, and and it's. <laughs> do you remember the day I was talking about this uh, on on my other podcast? Uh, I don't think it actually got on the air, but we were talking about it beforehand. So, uh, HeroMoviePodcast dot com. Everybody, go to that uh, <laughs> early. It's plug. good. I'm not even on it. Early so I've got no incentive to promote it. <laughs> <laughs> early plug for the other show, but uh, we just dropped a. Um, uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance episode today, but we were talking about because uh, I was looking for. Um, music for for stuff and um do you remember back in the day where they had um music inspired by uh soundtracks so you'd like go out and you'd like want to get the actual like you know the the orchestral store uh, score but they're like uh here's one by you know here's a metallica song on here and here's a uh you know whoever the fuck of you know crappy rock artist of the day or rap artist in like some cases and they were just like songs that weren't even close to being in the movie, but we can license them for cheap because we're affiliated with Sony. (laughs) Yeah. The X-Files was one of the last movies that I think did that well. Um, But yeah, no, I know what you're talking. I mean, that, that, so after the first X-Files movie, there was an album that came out music inspired by the X-Files. None of the songs were inspired by the X-Files, by the way, (laughs) they were all just from other albums, but you know, there was like, weird cover versions of 70s and 80s tracks by industrial uh goth rock so I say yeah that was that in gu- industrial and, time and you know like a bjork track and uh there was a pretty good um uh what the hell was uh what's that fucking group i can't even remember right now but it was good Jesus but yeah i remember that shit <laughs> <laughs> i remember it i think they still do it didn't like all of the Twilight movies have that shit where oh. it was like half the songs were in the fucking movie, and I know you saw like half of one of those. Yeah, I saw the uh, first half of the first one. And I was just like, I, I really, I tried to like, even as like a fucking like lark, I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. Yeah, well, nor should you. <laughs> just like I, this is. Just... I did finish the first one, and then I tried to watch it again with riff tracks to see if that made it better. It did not. I had to stop it like ten minutes in. I just couldn't <laughs> deal with it. It was like no. Even people mocking this movie while I'm watching it doesn't help it. (laughs) Which brings us back to Transformers. Transformers Age of Extinction is our new release review of this week. (laughs) Uh, It is uh, directed, don't know if you heard, uh, it's directed by Michael Bay. Um, Let's let's do ourselves a favor here and uh, check out the trailer. Here's the trailer for Transformers. Transformers for uh, Age of Extinction, where are the bees? Transformers. 
Where are the bees, you guys? This is the greatest advance in modern physics since the splitting of the atom. A rare metal, molecularly unstable. It's what they're made of. Bring it up, all the way. You guys have never seen a truck like this before. Dad, you can't keep spending money on junk. I don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer. I'm gonna ask you this once. Where is Optimus Prime? After all we have done, humans are hunting us. But I fear we are all targets now. What is that? Who sent you here? That was the trailer for Transformers Age of Extinction, our new release review of this week, uh, directed by Michael Bay, written by Aaron uh, Krieger, or Kruger, Kruger. Um, Aaron Kruger, Kruger. goddamn. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so we're definitely going to be talking about him. Um, all right, so so Matt, you've uh, quick first impressions. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I uh, look. I am uh, maybe one of the snobbier people, though. I like trash, man. Uh, I mean, this is big, dumb fun. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. And John Goodman's a voice of a robot, so fucking awesome. Uh, let's see. Um, I I have enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> was was that like first impression enough? No, 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 that's that's perfectly uh, okay. That's, that's perfectly yeah. I don't fine. know. We'll we'll get into the specifics, but yeah. that's it. John Goodman voice. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I I I've enjoyed the first tra- three Transformers films for what they are. I realize that you know they aren't this uh, cinematic, you know, fucking masterpieces that you know. I again, it was always like I don't know what people are expecting when they go into these things. Um. So I, I came into the fourth one with, uh, you know, a somewhat um, decent expectations, I suppose, and I, I got to say, this is the first, this is the first Transformers movie I didn't, you know, 
love love. I mean, I didn't dislike this movie, but I didn't absolutely fall in love with it. Um, I think this is one of the few times that Bay probably could have actually, you know, really been helped by an editor. Like, I don't mind long movies. I mean, I've seen the extended versions of Lord of the Rings, all three of them back to back to back. So being in the theater for a long time doesn't bother me in the least. But I think there's a decent amount of uh, 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 things in this movie that could be you know, uh, cut out and, and the movie not have been, you know, hurt in the least whatsoever. Um, you know, in a movie series that has been, um, plagued with, you know, what could easily be described as bad writing. I think the writing in this one, especially the dialogue is so confoundingly stupid at points where it's just, it is, yeah, confounding. I can't come up with a better fucking word. Yeah. There are some lines in this film that are that seem like they were written by a six-year-old. Well, they were. They were written by Aaron Kruger. And uh, Aaron Kruger is maybe one of the worst uh, Hollywood big-name big screenwriters. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, he's written... Scripts for a lot of stuff, um, the skeleton key, which is terrible. Um, he did the adaptation of the ring, which is decent, um, which is good. I like the ring. I actually like it better than no, the Japanese I think version. That is actually the one good script that he's done. But you know, like he wrote uh, like Arlington Road, which isn't bad. It's okay. Um, the Brothers Grimm, which the script was the worst part of that movie. Um, as was, I don't know, all the fucking. Transformers movies, the yeah, so he <laughs> did the rev- screenplay specifically dialogue, right? Like, is awful, and and that's even true. I mean, this is the guy that also wrote Reindeer Games and Scream Three. I'm just gonna leave that there. Um, <laughs> Enjoy it. So, so dialogue not the strongest uh, suit for this guy. Yeah, there, um, oh. <laughs> I, I think he he's like really bad at writing like what people would or should or even could say. Um, in any given situation. Um, but he's for these films, uh, like Michael Bay and the studios writer of choice. And this one is maybe his worst script. And that's saying from a guy who does pretty cruddy scripts, that is certainly saying something. Now, that being said, I think that the story itself is more coherent in age of extinction. Um, I think it's there's a lot like of actually got a there. focus to it. It just goes for fucking ever. It is. This is the longest of the Transformers movies um, by, I think, about six or seven minutes uh, runtime. And it feels like it, man. Uh, they they cram so much story into this movie uh, that the whole reason you're there is to see the goddamn Dinobots. And you're sitting there for two hours before they fucking show up. Yeah. It makes no sense. Like, just give us the bare bones. I don't even give a shit about Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I enjoyed the human story this time, uh, as opposed to the last three, where the human story was just like, you just get rid of all of this. Um, It's not that I don't like Wahlberg, and I didn't think that that story was at least somewhat interesting or worth following around for a little bit. It was just... It's too much. Too much story to juggle in a a a two-and-a-half-hour... Time span. The human story was so overblown and so, like, I mean, you could have understated it a lot and really, you know, had something there. But, yeah, it's it's far too long. They go, I mean, 
Now, I, I've been like an advocate over the uh, the first three Transformers movies, so a lot of like really hardcore, um, uh, hard hardcore Transformers fans give this line. They're like, look, man, we don't want... I mean, they've been saying it since the first one. We don't want any humans in these movies. We just want the Transformers, so it just needs to be all Transformers, you know, just to have an entire robot movie. We need no humans in this. And I've always been a proponent, I mean, because in the first, you know, the humans got involved in this in the first place, really because of Steven Spielberg. Spielberg was like, look, people need, and rightfully so, I think, uh, Mm. people need to have some sort of grounding so they can relate to, you know, the things that are going on. So it was really easy with the Sandwich Wiki character for people to relate to, you know, a young kid who finds, you know, a magical car who transforms and all this stuff, trying to keep it secret and all that stuff. So it made things that were relatable. And I and I found that to be, you know, true amongst the first three films. But this is the first film where I was really like, you know, the Transformers people may be right about this. I mean, you probably could, I like, I really found myself just going... Fuck! Who cares about all these? Uh, about yeah. all the characters? I, I at this point, I do want to just see the 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 robots. At this point, I I could really give a shit about these people. Um, it, the ideas and stuff were very interesting. I like the idea of them finding this metal and wanting to kind of manufacture manufacture transformers uh, in order to do whatever it was. It, that was a little fuzzy for me, but. I like that as an idea, but for the most part, you know, we don't need these characters. I mean, Mark Wahlberg plays an inventor. Can you yeah. see Mark Wahlberg inventing anything other than, you know, a protein shake? No, which is why he works in Pain and Gain, and that's why I think he's cast in this film, right? Like, uh, like they were in production on this, I think, and then, uh, like, they needed to take a break so that some post-work could be done. Um, and then they shot Pain and Gain last year. And, I, and you know, like, Wahlberg works in Pain and Gain. Yeah. This is uh, like... Here, I'm not sure. I don't I don't dislike him, and he doesn't turn in bad work, but the character makes no fucking sense. No, you, you don't look at him and buy anything nor, that he nor does. Nor do I look at T.J. Miller and think that that guy's inventing any fucking thing. No. You know I'm, what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I look at these guys, and I'm like, this would make sense if they weren't inventors, Right. If they were if, like some sort of tinkerers who did like who wanted to put together some stuff for like you know like like or if kind they of were nitro side That's circus stuff. That's the biggest stuff. dumbest part is that is is these guys T.J. Miller and Mark Wahlberg their personas could be jocks who like fucking work on cars and know cars right Yeah, it makes sense. Except they give that role to this like the one smart dude in the picture, which <laughs> is fucking crazy. I don't understand a lot of things, <laughs> but but let's stop dwelling on the logic of this because because uh, here here's the thing. Uh, this movie is sitting at uh, what seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. I think yeah, seventeen percent critics, sixty one percent audience. Um, a lot of a lot of critics before this movie even came out, before anything, right before they had a critic screening, there's already a propensity. To look down on these films, um, which I think is a disservice. Uh, I've said many times before that uh, say what you will about him, right? And maybe he's not making quality cinema, depending on what your definition of quality is. But Michael Bay is pretty much the only um, full-on auteur that we have, right, in this country that makes 100% films about and inspired by the United States, 
right? I'm not saying that like Scorsese or Coppola aren't fucking great filmmakers. Scorsese and Coppola are good directors, but they're not inspired by the United States necessarily, right? They're inspired by Italian films and French films and uh, classical Hollywood, which is all great. Um, but as far as like a 100% American auteur, Michael Bay is inspired by like testosterone and hot chicks and fucking cars and the military Waving and that whatever flag else, and whatever else can. he can like shove his his fucking big dangly dick toward right this is michael bay the auteur and i think there's something to be said for that right like all the shit that gets talked about this movie and like how it's full of um like paid advertisements and the story doesn't make any fucking sense it looks like a music video and that uh, it's made for people who have the attention span of uh, fucking gnats. Uh, that means that he's making movies that uh, like Americans like, right? Which is why the critics are so dissonant with popular opinion uh, as far as not only Michael Bay in general, but specifically the Transformers movies, right? Like, But you're 100% right. I, want, I right. want to go into this movie, and yeah, I know it's going to be long and it's not going to be very good, but uh, it fucking it looks pretty, and I'm seeing robots beat the shit out of other robots. Like that's really all I need on a Saturday afternoon in you know late June, early July. That's all I need. I'll fucking watch her when it comes out in November, and I'll like it, right? But here, I, like to expect the same thing out of a movie like this that you would get out of watching The Master or um, or uh, Wolf of Wall Street or any anything like that, to expect this to be like that, you as a critic are doing a disservice to your discipline because you're not being honest about what the film is even interested in doing remotely, right? Um, and, I, and I think that you have to take this film in context of other summer blockbusters, right? Uh, do I think that this movie is as good as Godzilla was or even Winter Soldier? No. Did I have as much fun watching this as I did those? Yes. Now, you know, maybe people don't have fun watching these movies. That's cool. Quit fucking bitching about it because that's all they're doing. They're bitching about the fact that they have to go, right? And it's like, this, that's your job. Show up, write the opinion, but there's no reason to like knock the movie for something that it's not. Uh, just be very upfront, which is something I always try to be, and say like, this movie wasn't for me. This is why I didn't like it. Here you go. But to like sit there and say anybody who goes and sees this movie is a fucking asshat, uh, like, shut the hell up. But no, you 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 hit the nail on the head right there. It, it is exactly that. It, it is these people going. Um, this is their job. This is something that they have to do. So they have to go see this. And they become little children who are upset because mommy's making them eat their vegetables. Now, granted, Michael Bay's <laughs> movies are not exactly nutritious for you. But no. it I mean, is. This is like, if, you know, it's like if mommy were making you like sit on the fucking couch and eat a bowl of ice cream. Yeah. Like you're really going to bitch about that being your job for the day. It's like, oh, I got to eat the fifth bowl of ice cream today. And it's like, you know, shut up. No, oh, it's fucking pistachio. I don't like pistachio. But that's the thing, and that's what, and you know, and and not just transformers and stuff. But that's what gets me about like you know a lot of the main you know reviewers and stuff like that. There are a lot of people that go through and they bitch about a lot of different things, and it's like some of these people 
And um, I forget the there's a there's a critic movie on uh, Netflix right now. I forget the fucking name of it. You've probably seen it. Um, but um, it is you see these people, and there's a lot of them that like first and foremost have no real movie background whatsoever. Most of them fell into their like if they're like a traditional thing like a newspaper or whatever fell into their position of 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 a film critic for their you know paper or what what have you most of them are like well i was on the city beat or uh, you know i did this or i was filling in for somebody and they were like fuck it you can just become the uh, you become the movie movie guy and like these people they, they don't have that kind of love for, the, for for this stuff in the first place and so a lot of times and then i think they super get jaded over the years you've seen enough things you don't pay for them and when you don't pay for them, you do have a different view of what you're seeing. Whether you want to fucking believe that or not, it's it's absolutely true. And I guess that you know, I've heard the argument. Well, they didn't pay anything, so therefore, you know, they that's going to be a perfect opinion. But no, you get jaded. I mean, you see the same fucking bullshit over and over. You know, you're going to well, get mad too. at it. You know, like, but here, like, like, I'm not, I'm not. <sighs> I'm not begrudging them their opinion. It's the way they articulate it, right? No, exactly. They can have that opinion, but they bring in... You, you're not supposed to be bringing in your own stupid emotional baggage because it's the fifth movie that you've had to see this week, and it's not something that you particularly care for. That doesn't mean that you get to you know shirk your responsibilities of actually reviewing this film as the film that it is, and not your uh, you know begrudging you know whatever the fuck it is that you have against a particular filmmaker. Right. Well, and people did that when Pain and Gain came out, right? Like, they overlooked the fact that what he was doing uh, with Pain and Gain was markedly different from what Michael Bay traditionally does. Um, and just bitched about how he made Transformers movies. Like, that was literally what they did in reviews of that of that film, was bitch about Michael Bay, and all he knows is, like, how to frame a fucking shot. And like, yeah, you know what? He knows what the fuck he's doing. Like, is he an adolescent teenager that never fucking grew up? Yes. Does he make, like, male-inflected, testosterone-filled bullshit? Yes. None of these things are fucking news, right? I mean, this is the guy that made The Rock, right? Uh, and, and, like, even from then, his sensibility has stayed pretty much the same, right? Mm -hmm. Fucking... Uh, women are not to be done anything to in these movies except for saved or returned home to. Um, they might be smart, but they're inconsequential to the plot, right? Um, and, 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 like, I know there are issues with all of this stuff, but I don't, I just don't fucking get it, man. Like, can we not, can we not just, can we focus our shit for a minute and say, okay, well, over here, Michael Bay's doing this stuff, and it's big and dumb, and it makes three hundred fucking million dollars over the weekend, and then uh, people seem to like it, right? And then say, like, over here are people who make terrible fucking movies, and even though we bitch about how terrible they fucking are, we don't give them the same disdain for this shit, right? Um, just like, can we stop letting Adam Sandler make movies? I'm going to do all the movies I want to do. Or put him in a Michael Bay movie. movie. Maybe it'll be a good one again. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I don't know. Um, but I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of vitriol for this movie and there's a lot, there's a lot in this movie. Like I said, of the Transformers movies, this one is probably like as a whole, my least favorite. Now there's a lot of things in this movie. I think the movie does really right. Um, 
Now, uh, let's get into a little a little bit of technical aspects here. This movie was shot, this is the first uh, feature film to be shot in the new digital IMAX uh, version. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how did you see this film? Uh, I just went to the local AMC, paid my uh, 750 and climbed on in the seat. I didn't go see any special version of this one, which is rare, because usually for this type of thing, I'll go see you know, the IMAX at the Mall of Georgia. Um, but no, no 3D, nothing. It looked great, though. Uh, okay, so I went and I actually got to see it in uh, IMAX 3D, but what was really, you know, Limax 3D or Fomax 3D. Um, right. Uh, so basically they just retrofitted a theater and put the, you know, screen ceiling to floor, wall to wall. And um, upgraded sound system. That's always like, you know, the sound system is always pretty good. Um I got to say, I think a lot of the different choices and stuff, a lot of this movie was shot with that new digital IMAX camera. And like like the IMAX movies of, of before, uh, you know, um, uh, Dark Knight and um, Batman, uh, what's the last one called? Dark Knight Rises. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple, and the other Transformers uh, 2. Did 3 do an IMAX? I don't remember. I don't think so. But um, uh, so it fills up the frame. And then goes back to 235, but so much of it is filmed in this IMAX thing, and some of the shots that were chosen to be shot in IMAX make no bloody sense whatsoever. Um, it's just That's, that is how I felt about Nolan's use of it too. If you want to be honest about it, right? Like, oh, we're gonna switch to 70 millimeter for this half of this stunt sequence or whatever. But they're like, you know, like a lot of the scenes in the garage and stuff are all shot in this. And you're <laughs> like, why are you choosing to do this? Cause they th- got to show you that dirty truck, man. There's a wide one. And then like, you know, then they'll go back to like a, a two, three, five uh, shot of Kelsey Grammer, just sitting in a car, you know, driving or whatever. And then it's back. I mean, like it's like, it's not jarring, but see like what's cool about like, at least with like, um, like Dark Knight Rises, because that's the first one that I saw, like in a in a the big proper IMAX and everything. Um, when you got to that, when it hit that IMAX mode, it was just, poof, it was right there. It was gigantic, and but it made a difference. I mean, it was put there for a particular reason, and then you spent a a good while in the widescreen aspect ratio. And so, but like, so it made that time when you went to the you know to the IMAX version, it made that special. And this, there's so much of of the IMAX version in there, uh, it doesn't it 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 makes everything that isn't in that seem unspecial. But uh, that's another thing too, though, is like when you see the proper IMAX stuff, especially when you're going in, you know, when it's actually film and not you know digital. Boy, there was a marked difference between the two. With this, it is just like it's an aspect ratio change. There's not that much. I mean, it looks good. The 3D in it is uh, is quite good, actually. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of the 3D. Um, you know, and and Bade kind of knows what he's doing with this, and he mentions it in a uh, in an article some fucking where I don't remember where I read it, but you know, he he realizes, hey, I can't do this kind of you know what people are constantly accusing him of of uh, you know no shot lasts longer than three seconds. He realizes that hey. In order for 3D to properly work, your eyes need to adjust between every little shot. You know, you it needs like you know a, a half second to be able to kind of focus and see what you're you know seeing in uh, in that. And um, 
He does. There's a lot of nice kind of long shots in this, and I think that you know movies like Pacific Rim have also kind of helped that. Where it's like you know you don't need these you know supercuts that are going really quick, and you know it's kind of neat to see super you know wide shots of all this stuff and actually people swinging back and forth at each other and fighting, and you know it's fun, but. Um, I don't know that there were a lot of great shots and a lot of neat things. I would like to see this in a proper IMAX to see if there, if indeed that really was, you know, a big enough difference to really make the, make the difference as it were. But, um, overall, I think probably slightly overused and definitely not necessarily worth all the extra money in the fake IMAX. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't see the format, so I have no clue what you're talking it, about. It's it's okay. I'm gonna be sitting over here just being dumb. But yeah, I, it I, looks pretty. Yeah, I mean it, it. It looks good. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of neat stuff in here. There's a lot of great looking shots. Um, it's just the okay. Trying to explain the story to me, man. Okay. This one, yeah, because I don't. I I get it a little bit. I like they're they're inventors. He finds a truck and. San Latucci's trying to make robots. I yeah, so they're, uh, I don't know, it's complicated, man. This is, like I said, there's a lot of story. It's a lot of story. It's 162 <laughs> minutes worth of story. Um, but here's here's what IMDB says. A mechanic and his family uh, join the Autobots as they are targeted by a bounty hunter from another world. That's I it. I mean, that's sort of true. Look, none of that matters. Here's the point. Here's the point. Uh, here's the point. Um, there's a lot of shit going on, and uh, and you don't really need to know much of it, um, except for the fact that there are also these great legendary warriors that Optimus Prime can sort of control, and they turn into dinosaurs. And that's the end point, man. That's that's the end game, as far as I'm concerned. And anything uh, before or beyond that uh, doesn't really matter. It makes sense. Like I said, the story is actually made it makes sense this time as opposed to just being like and now we've got to go to fucking the middle east for no damn reason or we're also going to go and follow this military operation that has nothing to do with the rest of the story because i need to like get some fucking tanks and uh hueys and shit in here i don't know but at least with those like i I, call me crazy but those almost seem like more fun it seemed like more of an adventure type thing I mean, it's, we, yeah, it's like, why are we going to Egypt? Who cares why we're going to Egypt? But it's fucking cool. It looks good. They have, like, an excuse to do some really wacky stuff. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Taturo there's climbing up a fucking pyramid. I mean, there is stupid shit going on. But you know what? I mean, at least it, it feels like it's more expansive in a more interesting way. This just seemed, it didn't seem expansive so much as it seemed just long. Yeah, it's a lot. It's too much story. This was two movies worth of storytelling, and they crammed it all. It's the it's the Green Lantern problem, right? Except Green Lantern was also ugly. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean, though? Like, there's just it's too much story for this movie. It needed to be two films, right? If this is going to be a new trilogy, this first one is a part one and part two. <laughs> you only need to make one more, and you'll be done. Yeah, like. It's it's too long. It's too long. There's too much. And it's more coherent because it's not just drawn out, right? Like, there's the first three films, they're drawn out. Like, the story is told sporadically over the two and a half hours of the film. This one is like, there's 
two hours worth of story crammed into two and a half hours worth of movie. And uh, it just needed to, it needed some breathing room a little bit or to drop some portions of it. Um, bring in other stuff, like leave some stuff for the next movie, which is, I guess, going to take place in space. Yeah, and, so, and finally be devoid of humans. I hope. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, let's try that out. Why not? <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll t- let's let's go ahead and talk about that then. So um, I, I don't know if you can spoil Transformers too much, but uh, so spoilers from here on out for Transformers: Age of Extinction. But yeah, so the movie ends with Optimus Prime flying into space, and you're right. It gave me that kind of like, I mean. Like I said, this is the first time that I was just like, man, maybe we should get rid of these humans and stuff. And if he's flying to space, maybe we are going to. And perhaps I might like that movie uh, a bit more. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I say Um, that now, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, I don't know. So let's see where it goes. Right. Like, that's all I can really say about that ending is uh, let's see where it goes. (laughs) Right. There is a promise that the other Transformers are staying back on Earth to keep uh, not Sam Witwicky's family safe. Speaking of which, I mean, like, let's let's talk about some of that dialogue there, because like, some of the best lines involve uh, that family, and uh, like one of them, this is where Aaron uh, uh, Krieger sucks. Um, so one of the lines is like, at the end, they're like, "Let's go home. We don't have a home. It blew up." That's a fucking line in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. Yeah, it's, our house blew hold up. Hold on, I gotta pull a Kevin Smith. Shut up! <laughs> <coughs> Shut up! <coughs> they gotta smuggle a weed. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the fucking line, right? Like, we don't have a home. Well, we're, take them into fucking space. Let's see how that goes. Can they travel with the other Transformers into space to help uh, help out on Cybertron's husk or whatever? His left. Let's go and see. Let's see that movie, Michael Bay. Here's another. Here's some more great lines. I, I, Thrown I, down. <laughs> I threw down. I'm not here to save you. I'm not here to save your daughter. You're here to help me save my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> we have Eric a Kruger, ladies. And we have a saying on my planet too. I don't care. Thanks, Kelsey Grammer said that line. Yes. The amazing actor that Kelsey Grammer is. We have a saying on my planet, I don't care. Well, clearly they're not they're not working with the Fraser uh, writing room on this one. <laughs> another another great line. My face is my warrant. Yeah, I, I found that one funny because it was so dumb. And uh Titus Welliver delivering that line, uh <laughs> awesome. <laughs> This I, is the guy who's going to be Harry Bosch. Um, bring that line, and 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 I think probably one of the mer- most egregious lines in this entire movie. Just look up at the stars, and you'll see my soul. You're what the fuck? Yeah, I don't even know what the hell that means. What does that it's mean? Like at one of the, all? It's like one of the last things that Optimus Prime says in the movie. And it's like, what the fuck are you even talking about, man? And he flies away, and then Mark Wahlberg's like, what the fuck was that about, guys? Yeah, he's like, does he mean the bees are gone? I mean, are it, here's, is, here's is he what in a I was star? disappointed in with Mark Wahlberg. So the last time that he was in a movie that everyone hated, or at least critics hated, well, actually people hated it, too. Uh, was the happening, which I didn't think was nearly as bad as everybody says it is, but God. it's pretty terrible. I enjoy it, but here's why I enjoy it. Um, he and Zoe Deschanel uh, turn in 
maybe some of my favorite performances in any film I've ever seen in that movie because there is no, and I mean no emotion in their line delivery. It's amazing. Uh, it is so naturalistic and, <laughs> and like atonal with the rest of that movie that I just cannot stop fascinate, being fascinated by, right? Like it, it is amazing to watch them. People call it bad acting. It's not. They're acting uh, in a way that is not in concordance with the movie, but they're being fucking awesome. <laughs> and, 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 and like, honestly, I feel like if the movie had had that tone of their acting in that film, maybe great. Uh, here's where I don't like this one. Why can't Wahlberg just deliver those lines in the Transformers movie like that? Where he's just like always in bewilderment, you know? Yeah. Like, like that's his tone in the happening is he never knows what's going on. And he's always like the end of the sentence just lilts up like it's always a question. He's always in some great existential moment of not understanding a single thing going on around him. And he needed that here. So you're trying to tell me that all of these cars are talking? Yeah, that sort of thing, right? Also, why was his – can we just make him from Boston and living in Texas? Because he he doesn't have a Texas accent. Doesn't even attempt one. Doesn't even attempt it. No. It's just, it's just like they needed to have it set in the fucking heartland somewhere. So Texas, So right? we could show a couple of suns uh, – a fuckload of sunsets and, yeah. and, and waving American flags because you can't find that in Boston. Well, because, you know, those worked for the Texas Chainsaw remakes that they produced. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, those images are ripped right out of there. Like, here's some fucking wheat fields and brown houses that no one fucking washed in the past 25 fucking years uh, since people stopped caring for their property. What is the size of the barn in this fucking movie? Holy oh, I don't shit. Know. What would he keep in that barn? It's gigantic. Yeah, it's like another house. Not only are the ceilings like 40 feet tall, there's a basement where Optimus Prime hides out, so you know that thing's got to be at least like 20 yeah. feet deep underneath. Yeah. What kind of fucking barn is this? Who do, who has a barn like this? It serves the story. Shut up, Adam. Oh, that's yeah, a good point. That's, that's, that's a good one. But... um. I don't know. I, now I will say this: a lot of people were, uh, you know, on the internet are were, you know, clapping in their seats because um, T.J. Miller died. But I think you killed off one of the more, you know, at least entertaining portions of the. You know, he was annoying, but at least he was something that was going on. So they killed off his character, and I gotta say, it was good because I felt like for the first time in any of these movies, it felt like people were actually, you know, there were a little bit of stakes going on. You could kill someone, and he got killed in a pretty fucking graphic way. Yeah, there's there's some graphic shit and, uh, going on in this movie, which is uh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know how it feels. It's it is it pushes PG thirteen pretty far. Oh, for sure. I mean, but like, because he's scorched, he's scorched to like a just a cinder. And yeah. like we 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 hang on that shot of of just this burning cinder body, and you're like, wow, we really fucking killed that guy. And uh, you know, it, it was nuts. But like, it's that, and then like, uh, I I don't understand other than the fact that it's you know an interesting point to you know 
push the story along. Why is her boyfriend a rally car driver? A boy, oh boy, does this guy... <laughs> okay, so this cat's... How old did they say he was? 20? Yeah, something, something like something that. Something like that. 20, yeah, 20, and she's 17. And she's right? 17. And, yeah. these, and you know, Mark Wahlberg's all like, oh, this is it, pal. Guess what? Uh, all I'm going to do is I'm either going to punch you in the face right now for dating my daughter, or I'm going to call the cops. And guess what? It's, uh, you know, she's a minor. You're, you're out of luck, pal. And he has this card in his wallet. What this has to do with any, I, I am very, I don't know what this is. This is almost just like, a, hey, it's cool. I'm a pedophile. Don't worry. I have this card that has, a, has an out-of-date, st- uh, you know, Know, Texas law in it that says we were going out in high school when I was a senior and she was a junior and so that makes everything or, or she was a freshman and that makes everything okay that was like where did this come from why did it need to be in there and boy it was creepy it was just like he had this car yeah. ready to go and just go no officer um, I know I'm a crazy Irishman from uh, you know, fuck nowhere for, for no real reason other than the fact that this guy probably can't produce you know an American accent. And they tried it for a couple takes and they were like, oh, no, go back to your regular accent. We'll fucking sneak it in somehow. But they were just like, here, have this card on you. So like this is clearly something that has come up several times. And it's like like he's ready for a cop to just be like, she's underage. No, officer, I have this. And like, does that card fucking prove anything? If that's I, I just I was I was a little creeped out by that. Yeah. Am I am I alone? <laughs> no, it's no, it's it's weird and it's creepy. Uh, I I don't know. It's like he couldn't be he couldn't be eighteen and she just had, you know just turned eighteen or whatever or you know I mean bizarre bizarre makes no sense. I guess they were just like well I I don't know I don't know like I said I don't know what the thought thought pattern was at all but it was. Bizarre to say the least. So let's yes. um um let's see let's talk about uh, just kind of uh, I was gonna say critics but do we really want to talk about you know their kind of thoughts on this? No, I don't care. No, finish. All right, so um I'm actually going to read uh, a couple things. So we we I asked people on our uh, Facebook group if you go to uh, the uh, facebook.com/slash/the-film-find. Uh, go and like us on Facebook. Um, so I asked out, and I was like, "Give us your Michael Bay hate. Why do you hate Michael Bay?" And um, so a, a friend of mine, Maurice, who I went to film school with, so he's like, he doesn't know how to tell. Uh, he says about Michael Bay, uh, he doesn't know how to tell a coherent story, and when he actually cares and tries, he fails miserably, and he can't even co- copycat correctly. Pearl Harbor was a is a Titanic ripoff, and it's terrible. Pain and Gain is a Scorsese ripoff, and again, he failed. We disagree with that. Uh, and and this yeah, is the I don't guy even who think admitted that's anywhere close to a Scorsese film. And, or even trying to be. Yeah, and so and then this guy uh, admitted that Transformers Two was terrible, but then uh, made the exact same movie on Part Three. Well, no, I think Three is actually better than Two, but there's elements of Transformers Two that I like. But that, like, I, I can understand where like maybe the Pain and Gain Scorsese kind of thing came off because there was a little, a little of the uh, you know kind of pausing and the VO kind of stuff. Perhaps might give a little bit of that hint, but. Uh, I don't think that's her. But not a lot of, we, we, you know, I, I just don't understand a lot of uh, of anything. <laughs> but we do have a um, we do have an email, and if you'd like to email us, go to our uh, email us at thefilmfind at gmail dot com, and uh, let us know what you thought of this movie, and let us uh, know that you know you probably vehemently disagree <laughs> with what we're saying. But uh, please do that, and uh, but we do have a. Uh, 
a uh, an email from a longtime listener of the show. Um, this is someone who I haven't met in actual life, uh, so I'm always when when people that you know find the show that are you know that I haven't like almost forced at gunpoint to listen to the show when they find it. Uh, that's always good, but. Uh, so a friend of mine, uh, Jason, he actually wrote the show, and uh, he, he went to, um, I think somewhere in uh, like, uh, Greensboro or something has uh, the new D-Box seat. So I was like, hey, write me a, uh, an email and uh, tell me about that experience as well as uh, you know what you thought about Transformers. So this is uh, from uh, Jason. All right, so Transformers is an epitome of summer movies. It was fun and filled with action and a sprinkle of indecent humor, even if it, I felt it had been hobbited. After sitting in my seat for nearly three hours, I couldn't help but feel a lot of what I saw could have been trimmed down, and a lot of what I wanted to see was four years and two movies away. We're all thinking it, Unicron. I'm not that big of a Transformers fan to really know. Um, About my seat, though. So both my wife and I agreed that the D-Box MFX seats really went a long way to turn the Transformers movie into an experience. I felt every explosion as my seat vibrated, so much to the point where I thought my back might be sore the next day. I also felt that uh, being in a nearly three-hour feature, the seats kept me engaged. With very little happening on screen other than Mark Wahlberg driving down a dirt road, my seat had a slight vibration uh, exactly as it would if I had been driving on that road in, a, in my car. So would I pay $18 just to see any movie in one of these seats? Probably not. But would I pay $18 to see uh, tr- Transformers or another summer blockbusters in these seats? Fuck yes. Uh, with all that said, I grew up with the Transformers, and there's very little that you could actually do to make me walk away and say that was a terrible movie. I did, after all, drive 160 miles round trip to sit in a vibrating seat for three hours. <laughs> Keep watching, Jay. So, Jay, thanks for that email, and uh, I, I it, you know, I'm not too awful far from that, so I kind of want to, I want to check those seats out. Yeah, I want to see like a uh, Fast and the maybe, Furious or maybe. something. I don't know. Like I mean, I remember Days of Thunder from back at the uh, Paramount's Carowinds days, and like I always kind of like that. Just uh, I don't think they probably don't move on that high of a level. Look, but man, I like Star Tours as much as the next nerd. <laughs> uh, I I don't want to watch movies like that. I don't care. Like at that point, they really do stop like being movies, right? Uh, I think that Michael Bay tends to sometimes go a little far away from. Cinema, as it were, uh, his his own bad self. Um, I don't want to encourage him uh, fully. Mm-hmm. I just think you know. I think some movies, like movies like this, can warn. And I'm not going to go see you know Sense and Sensibility in D box, but you know a fucking uh, you but know. Why not? To be thrown back in my seat while I'm watching, you know, the next Fast and the Furious movie and kind of dodge left and right, that, that might but, that might but, be fun. But let's let's think for just, like why wouldn't you go see Sense and Sensibility in a D box uh, theater? Not enough action. <laughs> Done enough blowing up. <laughs> and that's fine, but I mean that's that's where the slippery slope starts, right? Like, uh, I don't know. At what point is it not a movie, right? I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying people already talk shit about this. If it starts being geared toward people sitting in fucking theme park seats. Well, I mean, if that's what we're shooting for, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing either, though. I mean, I don't. But are we? I I mean, here I am. Right. uh, A fan of of uh, action movies. Um 
big time, right? I've paid my own share of money to go see things in large format and even in 3D. Um, but I think that there's something to be said for a spectacle that is also telling a story than, an ex than a spectacle that is just being experienced, right? It's a different beast altogether. And I'm not sure that I want the theatrical experience to become like me going to fucking Carowinds, which I hate. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I I just, I don't think it needs to be like the de facto for sure, but I think, you know, as an interesting option, you know, maybe. I mean, like, I'd give it a shot. I'd have to, I'd have to go through before I make my final judgment. I at least want to try it. Here's, a, here's an exciting option uh, based on my own um, experience. Uh, let's stop letting kids into late movies. How about letting them into more, most movies? Dude, I, I like, like I had, uh, you can hear it over on heromoviepodcast.com, but like with X-Men Days of Future Past, like I went at a particular time, which was not a good time to go. And I think I'd like that movie less on account of the time that I ended up going. Just because of the audience and the kids and all that stuff. I was just like, I think it hindered my enjoyment of that movie. So... I, I I love kids. I got I got nieces and nephews and all that kind of stuff. But I just you know, if you can't have a kid that fucking behaves in a theater, just you know, as as the as Aqua Teen Hunger Force the movie said, take the seat outside. <laughs> but um, you still there? We've had a, we've had connection problems throughout this entire podcast. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. So let's see. Uh, kind of, I guess, I guess final thoughts. Uh, I'll say if you like this sort of thing and there are plenty of people out there, go and see it. It's fun. It's long, too long. Uh, but I did enjoy it. I think it's one of the better films in the franchise, um, with the second one being the worst and then probably the first one after that. Um, I, I think they're finally finding some sort of footing, uh, where they kind of know what they're doing. It's taken a while, but I think we're probably there. Hmm. Um, I, uh, of the, th of the, uh, four, this is, uh, my least favorite at this, at this particular time. I'm probably going to end up watching it again. I don't know if I'm going to go see it in a theater again, but I'm definitely going to give it another shot. Uh, but, um, I, I like a lot of the concepts. I like a lot of the ideas. I think the execution this time was very lacking, um, it is. It's overwrought. It's overlong. We don't need these humans. The characters are just sad. The writing in this movie is absolutely atrocious. But there's enough decent set pieces that that it works. And if you see it in like you know in the big 3D with a great sound system, it makes a big giant difference. There's a lot of neat stuff going on there. And uh, you know the guy knows how to make an action film. He may not know how to make you know the most technically proficient acting film, but he, he can blow up stuff good, you know, and he's good at that. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's not high art. And at the same time, you know, I mean, cause there's different camps. There's like, there's the critic camp who, you know, just says that this is just a terrible movie. And then there's like the, then there's the, the transformer Uber nerds who are just like, who this is not what this movie is about and Cybertron and this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know what, dude, you know, 
let's not let's not fucking fuck around with what this movie is and what Transformers is as a whole. Um, it, it was it was a cartoon that was made to sell toys, and if you think it's anything beyond that, you're fucking fooling yourself. Yes. And so anyone who just goes, this is just a blatant commercial attempt. It's like fuck yeah, it is. Of course yeah, it, it is. is. That's exactly what this movie is. That's exactly what Transformers, the t- cartoon series was, cartoons to ma- and comics and all that shit, to make kill- kids buy toys. Ooh, sound scream. Ooh, there's a new fucking Transformer every single episode. Mom, I want to go out and buy this toy that's available now. That's what those fucking things were made for. And if you think that, that, that they were made for any other purpose than to, like, you know, Optimus Prime died and made me cry. I'm sorry, go, but go fuck yourself. You're, you're supposed to go out and buy these toys. That's what these things were for. And any any story that you got out of that 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 was extra on top of that, consider yourself lucky because it really shouldn't have been anything more than you know a ploy for you to go out and bug your parents to buy you a piece of plastic. So get off your fucking high horse. Um, so it's a it's a tepid recommendation for me, but I I don't think anyone needs either of us to really say anything because this movie made a hundred million dollars. Uh, the first movie this year to make a hundred million dollars uh, in its first weekend. And, uh, you know, with 17% uh, critic score, no one gives a fuck. People are going to go see this thing. It's made $300 million worldwide. Uh, next week, it'll be considered... I mean, if you go by the, you know, the movie needs to make uh, its budget in half, I think yeah. I think that's what people consider to be. You know, so it's almost there. It's $300 million worldwide right now. So it's, you know, and with a $200 million budget, I mean, this movie has a million over a million dollars on screen every single minute. And... Um, Yes. You can definitely see it in most in most of the things, but um, it's going to be successful. They're going to make more. You know, don't this whole like you know people are encouraging Hollywood to make bad. Just fuck off. I mean, these movies are just going to be made. I mean, you can go back and make any kind of arguments. I mean, you know, you, I'm sure there were people that were like, "Oh, this uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a piece of crap." Oh, this Star Wars. What is this? Um, it's just you know, kitty action films. To you know, I mean, so there's there's anything that can be said about this. I'm not going to say that we're going to look back on Transformers and say they're Star Wars or Indiana Jones, but you know, there's detractors going to be all around, and some movies are just critic proof, and this certainly is one of those. So, um, you know. It's going to happen. So critics, instead of just, you know, getting on the fuck this bandwagon, just fucking embrace it. Just go, hey, here's what it is. Here's how we have to live with it and just go from there. So, you know, lighten the fuck up. That's my two bits. I'm sorry. I took that from Sean, but (laughs) that's my two bits. I'm... That's my half pence. <laughs> that's my that that's my that's my uh, I don't know. That's fucking That's my two loonies. No. <laughs> I do have Canadian uh, French Canadian heritage, so that kind of that counts and portray. So, there you go. There you go. All right. So, uh as always, guys, uh so you can uh, reach us at uh, thefilmfind@gmail.com. Please write us in a letter and tell us why we're fucking stupid. Tell us why we're dumb. I want I mean, you know, we're not going to call you an asshole, but we do want we do want to like you know we we encourage you know just talking about movies. That's that's I honestly I think that's what you know makes movies fun is that we can discuss them and actually go oh well what do you think is good well, what do you think is good and kind of back and forth like that. So I mean it, it's fun for me. I don't I don't know about you. 
But uh, yeah, so that is uh, our review of Transformers this week. Like I said, thefilmfind at gmail.com. Go to thefilmfind.com. There you'll find the links to uh, uh, follow us on Facebook uh, uh, as well as Twitter. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please do that. And it's been a while since we've gotten an actual uh, review on iTunes. Please do that. That's going to help us reach out and go uh, uh, reach more people and things like that. And uh, So all that. Matt, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, very infrequently these days. I'm still over at the split screen, although I've got a few things I'm hopefully going to have up soon. Uh, so look me up, splitscreen.wordpress.com. All right. And as always, uh, all the Film Find stuff that we had. And um, please go to my other podcast on the Film Find Podcast Network. Well, I guess when you have two, you can call yourself whatever you want. But uh, go to uh, HeroMoviePodcast.com. This week, uh, we just dropped an episode reviewing uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. So if you want to hear uh, us talk about another great superhero film, or uh, that's not going to be the episode you want to listen to. Uh, but <laughs> Because Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is, is uh, oh boy, it's a it's something or other, but yes. uh, definitely uh, definitely go listen to that. We have a we have a fun time on on that show and uh, <laughs> whatnot. So uh, next week, uh, fingers crossed, we're looking to do. Uh, my guess is uh, you would probably uh, you seem to be um, really up for uh, deliver us from evil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, so that seems right up, uh, and we of course have, have uh, talked about. So that's uh, Scott Deckerson, who is going to be uh, apparently doing the Doctor Strange flick. So uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see that. So uh, I think that's what we're going to shoot for for uh, next week, and uh, and you know, big I'll stuff after that. So uh, all right, so everybody, that is it for our show today. For Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody. I tried to be nice.
address about um, the negative reviews is uh, people calling the film ugly. It's anything but ugly. Yeah. Like if, if there's one thing you can say about Michael Bay, it's that he knows how to frame a goddamn shot. That yeah. looks gorgeous. Everything looks pr- very pretty. You can say it's, you know, the, the uh, feel of it may be ugly. Like, you know, like, the character I don't know but like it's not it's a good looking film to look at I don't I don't care fucking who you are it's the shots look good yes <laughs> your internet can't stay connected for shit I don't know if it's or if it's like Skype's fucking up or what I don't know yeah blame yeah, Skype blame Microsoft man because Microsoft has never will. done anything to you okay <laughs> Bill Gates has given you the fucking freedom of the world, and you're, and you're, well, he didn't create Skype, but he bought it, so, <laughs> and it's gone downhill since then, so I guess we can't blame him. Fucking Aaron Creer. And he's writing Transformers 5, too. He's writing yeah. 5. Yeah, of course he is. He's going to write all of them, man. He's written all of them so far. No, he, no he didn't write the first one. He wrote What's the, that? He didn't write the first one, just the last two. Oh, really? It was not on the first one? Not on the first one. Not even a rewrite credit or some shit? Not that I can tell. Huh. Let me look this no, it's up. Dark of the Moon and Revenge of the Fallen. Okay, well, good. He was, I guess, just too busy fucking up the Brothers Grimm and Skeleton King. <laughs> the ring was good, though. The ring is, that's got to be his crowning achievement, really. Well, it's certainly not Scream 3. Arlington Road was okay. I, I think Scream 3 is not great, but Scream 3 is not as bad as it gets credit for. And boy, God, boy, Scream 4 almost was a good movie, wasn't it? I fucking love Scream 4. I don't give a I, shit. I, I loved it all the way up until, like, until they kind of bullshitted the last scene. I thought they were really going to have the balls and kill everybody off. Boy, I was like, I was like, oh wow, they are really fucking reaching for it. This is gonna be good. Everyone's, de- oh 
fuck, everybody's alive now. I was like, ah, oh, jeez. You didn't have the balls to fucking really restart this entire franchise. And, you know, I really thought they were going to have balls, but no. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron Krieger. I know you didn't do that movie, but <laughs> still blame him. I don't know how. <laughs> still your fault. Because if you wouldn't have wrote Scream 3, Scream 4 wouldn't have been made, and therefore, uh, you, which is really interesting because 2 is two's a much better film. But 3, I mean, like, you know, Billy Loomis's mom comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, like, there's no, it's it, that was not planted as a seed anywhere. It's just like, hey, guess what? Like, what? What? At least, it, like, if you're gonna drop something like that, you gotta have like a little, a tiny hint in it. She can't just appear somewhere and then, like, I mean, not even a slight hint. It was just like, oh yeah, by the way, that's not my real name. I'm Billy Loomis's mom. Ha ha ha! Like, you fucking lazy shit. No one will see this coming. Yeah, because it wasn't written well. It's like if it was well, you could like look back on it and go, "Oh, okay, so here's where they laid the seeds for all of that." No. Just horrid. So uh tomorrow in store but today online, Criterion sale starts at Barnes and Noble. God damn the world. Why 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 must you do this to me, Criterion? <laughs> I know, it's like, man, I finally have like over a few hundred bucks in my check in my uh, savings account because I'm saving up for shit. And uh, well, there goes at least a hundred of it. We're trying. <laughs> it's like we're trying to move. We're like, okay, well, let's just keep some of this movie money over here. Some of this money. Okay, what well, we're gonna? Yep. You, what now? All right, maybe one. Maybe just one. I'll try to hold it to one. No, when they're when the DVDs are fifteen and Blu-ray combo packs for twenty. I, I I gotta I gotta buy some, you know. I typically don't buy the rest of the year unless it's something that I'm really fucking excited about that I also get a massive discount on. But I think I'm gonna be picking up Judex and uh, Riot and Cell Block Eleven, which has a commentary by my thesis advisor for memory, actually. But is also a really good fucking prison movie. That sign, is uh, sign this Blu-ray, please. <laughs> is, yeah, that is uh, fucking turgid, man. It is fucking good. That's a right. great word. That could, seems like it could mean a thousand things. Turgid. Yeah, dude, bro, <laughs> bro, so turgid over there, man. You don't want to. Don't go over there. <laughs> Rick went to the bathroom so turgent. <laughs> well, it, it, technically that works. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean it in the best way when I'm talking about this movie. It is a fucking overstuffed, uh, overwrought prison drama from the 50s by uh, Don Siegel. Oh, well, there you go. And it's fucking good, son. <laughs> 